When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, everyone, to Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host, Jordan Ron, on ESPN, ESPN.com Giants reporter. Here's what we got on the agenda in this episode, the most important moves episode. I'm going to go over the Giants' most important, the five biggest Giants' most important moves and decisions this offseason because we're pretty much in the offseason right now. Uh, We're going to talk to Eli Manning in a few minutes. I'll mention also who really won the Kadarius Tony trade because he's in the Super Bowl, but Joe Shane was almost sort of validated. I'll explain that in a few minutes. And we'll mention the ridiculousness of the Empire State Building. But let's start with this. We're essentially in the offseason because even though the Super Bowl is around the corner, Chiefs, Eagles, we know that. I know it makes a lot of people sick. Eagles are in the championship game. They're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Uh, I don't think you take solace. I wouldn't take solace from the fact, oh, I lost to the champion. It doesn't make me feel any better. No saving grace there because, oh, we lost to the champion, especially when they're in your division. They're not going away. They have two first-round picks. That actually would anger me even more. Oh, oh, crap. We have to deal with this Eagles team now for a while. So with that being said, we know the Giants need to improve greatly. So most important moves of the Giants offseason, number one, clearly. No debate. There shouldn't be on this one. You have to figure out the Daniel Jones situation. They said they're bringing him back. By figure out, I just mean whether you're going to franchise tag him or sign him long term. Because they said they're bringing him back. Joe Shane made that crystal clear that that's the intention. It's going to happen. So that's number one on the list. Because it's the most important position. If you don't have quarterbacks settled, you're screwed. You have no chance, basically. Look what happened with the 49ers in that game. Granted, that was a special situation where they lost two quarterbacks in, in the game. They were already down two quarterbacks from earlier in the year. But if you don't have a quarterback, you're screwed. It's over. You have no chance. You need a high-level quarterback. And the Giants think at least they know. that. Here's what we know. Daniel Jones can play at a pretty high level. We haven't seen him play at a top five level yet. He was seventh in QBR this season. So top 10, we kind of saw that this year. He had played at a top 10 level. Granted, without a lot of receivers, a lot of weapons. And he was able to do that in, what, his fourth year? He's still pretty young. There's optimism that maybe he could take his game to the next level. Okay. So bringing him back is the most important move of the offseason, right? Figuring out the right way to do that. Number two for me is figuring out where you can get a high-level Pass catcher. I wrote down on my list wide receiver one, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a wide receiver. If you somehow get a tight end who could be your number one receiver, I'm actually even more open to that because tight ends are better value than wide receivers overall. But it's a lot harder to do, especially in year one. If you draft a rookie, you're not drafting a tight end who's automatically your number one receiver right away. That pretty much doesn't happen. So I'll just say find a top receiver. And the reason I have that as number two is because of positional value again. That's more important than bringing back Saquon and a running back. And while I know Saquon is their top offensive weapon, it's more important to have a top 
pass catcher than it is to have a running back be your top offensive weapon. So number two is going to be top pass catcher. Number three is figure out the Saquon situation. And here's what I've been thinking about the Saquon situation that interests me. So you make Daniel Jones the priority. It's clear the Giants are. They said that at the press conference that they want to bring him back. And Saquon, they were much more wishy-washy. So that's saying Saquon's our, I mean, uh, Daniel Jones is a priority. The Giants get Daniel Jones done. The cap was set $224.8 million this year. That puts the franchise tag number for a running back at $10.01 million. Saquon Barkley wants to, if the Giants can sign Daniel Jones quickly, now they have the franchise tag at their disposal. Saquon Barkley loses a lot of leverage, right? Because he did turn down a deal in the off, uh, in the bye week that was in that $12 million range. You know, he was, I think the number, and I mentioned this before, I believe is get it around 13, 14, 14 million that deal can get done. But now if the Giants have, oh, well, we could just tag you at 10 million, Saquon loses that leverage that he had previously. So if I'm the Giants at that point, I come back to him with that same $10 million deal. Now you could really hardball him and come back with an even lower deal, but you're going to piss him off and that's not going to be ideal. So I think if you just come back with that same $12 million deal, but the key there is signing Daniel Jones. And if I'm Saquon, I'm looking to get a long-term deal done quickly here because I don't want to give the Giants the option to tag me at $10 million, right? Because if they do, that's a team-friendly deal for sure. And then Saquon doesn't get the long-term deal, has to wait, play it out year by year, and you're screwed as a running back. You don't want that. You want the mon- guaranteed money. So if I'm the Giants, I'm rushing to get the Daniel Jones deal done. If I'm Saquon Barkley, I'm trying to get my deal done ASAP. All right, so that's the top three on the most important moves. Number four is finding an inside linebacker. Draft, free agency, got to fill that position. It's too important a position to be that bad at. Uh, number five is adding depth. I, I know that sounds boring, but depth to the offensive line depth to the secondary, depth to the defensive line. You need a defensive line rotation. The Giants did not have that this year. And that's you cannot play your defensive lineman 90% of the snaps. You can't. You can't. It's not going to work out in the long term. Look at the Eagles blueprint that they have out there right now. That just rotate them in, stack guys at the edge rusher, interior defensive line position. That's the way to do it. And the Giants, we know the secondary was ultimately not good enough and they were trying to work around it most of the year. Now I'll put a addendum and put a 5B in there. I think re-signing guys like Dexter Lawrence and Andrew Thomas, two guys that are going to be key pieces, key building blocks, that's up there on my list as well. It might be even above the depth. It's like on the same level, right? Because I think this is the year to do it. The cap is going to jump big time in the next couple of years. So Dexter Lawrence's number, Andrew Thomas's number, it's probably, they're probably both already over 20 million, right? But I mean, you're talking about those numbers getting huge in the next two years. I'm just, you know, shooting from the top of my head, but I'm talking like $25 million. So the sooner you can get that done with those guys, because the value of the dollar today is not going to be the value of the dollar in a year or two, not even close. So get those deal, getting those deals done sooner rather than later, I think is imperative. And I think Joe Shane has that in mind. And when he talks about team building, he understands that. Dave Gettleman never got that. He never really wanted to negotiate deals early because he is stuck in the 80s and 70s and was just clueless. But I think Joe Shane understands that. 
Now, what Joe Shane also understood was that Kadarius Toney was not trustworthy. And I think the Kansas City Chiefs are finding that out too, real quick, right? What happened when Kadarius Toney got to Kansas City? Oh, he said, I'm fine. I'm not injured, right? The Giants contended he was still dealing with something. He was just getting healthy. Kadarius Toney, no, no, I'm fine. What, took two weeks for him to get re-injured again? And then, I don't know, if, I'm sure most of you actually, were watching the AFC Championship game. What happened? He didn't make it through the game. He's just ultimately has proven to be, through the first two years of his career, untrustworthy. Whether it's to finish practice because of his cleats, to not show up and hold out from, rook- from OTAs, unheard of, by the way, for rookies, to not being able to stay healthy and get on the field this year at all. I mean, just line it up. Same thing now with the Chiefs. Now, it could be a win-win for both teams because ultimately, he's, pro- he's their most talented wide receiver. If he can get on the field, he can help them win a Super Bowl. Now, if you're Joe Shane and you're trying to build something long-term, that's the right move for them. Collect another draft pick. I believe it was a third rounder off the top of my head. That's the right move for the Giants. So it could be a win-win. But Kadarius Tony has to get on the field and help the Chiefs. And who really believes he could get on the field and help the Chiefs when he's been unable to do that for what? The first two years of his career. For anybody. Consistently. So he's just not trustworthy right now. And that's a problem. That's like the number one thing you need from a player. You need to be able to trust that they're going to do the right things, that they're going to work hard, that they're going to put in the necessary work, that they're going to be available and do everything possible to be available. And the Giants, and Joe Shane knew that. he the Giants just couldn't get to that point with him. One of the former coaches told me he trusted him when he was in the building to do the right things. He just wasn't sure when he was away from the building that he could trust that he was going to be doing what was necessary to be the kind of player that the Giants thought he could be. So, But you might see Kadarius Tony, and you might get to see him show out. If he's healthy, I believe it's an ankle injury. Haven't heard much at this point yet. If he could be on the field for the Super Bowl. But, I mean, even then, like, he's searching his name after the game and DMing some rando. Like, first of all, what are you doing D- uh, searching your name? The amount of guys that search their name is just wild. And then to DM some rando who made a comment about you not staying on the field or whatever the heck it was. Like, what are you doing? And then some of the things he said in there, too. It's just, it's not what you want. It's not what you want. So, Kadarius Tony might see him out there on the field in the Super Bowl. But if you're the Giants and you're Joe Shea and you think, you know what? I'll still do that move 100 out of 100 times. As for the Empire State Building, they should be doing the move that they made the other day zero out of 100 times, putting the Philadelphia Eagles colors and congratulating the Eagles with the by turning the Empire State Building green and white. Like, what the hell are we doing? Huh? The Empire State Building. Empire State being New York. And I know the Giants don't play in New York. But you know that if you live in New Jersey, even some parts of Connecticut, like, it's all part of the tri-state area. It's like Washington, D.C., the, the Washington, I almost said the word, commanders don't play in Washington, D.C. They play in, in Landover, Maryland. But nobody cares if they play in Maryland. It's part of the DMV, right? The area there. Just like New Jersey, New York, it's all part of the tri-state area. Connecticut, it's part of the tri-state. So New York and New Jersey, it's the same thing, right? 
especially when we're talking about North Jersey, where the Giants are. So they are they're they're a New York team. So none of this logistics BS. Oh, they don't even play in New York. Stop it. Stop it. Okay. Manhattan, New York City, New York Giants. Don't care if they play, practice, live in New Jersey. Enough with that stupidity. And also, enough with the Empire State Building congratulating the Eagles. The Liberty Bell's not congratulating the Giants. We know that. Nobody in Philadelphia is congratulating the Giants. It's their rival. Now the Empire State Building, by the way, is out there just trolling everybody. Tone it down, Empire State Building, okay? We can't disown you because you're in New York and you're in the Empire State. But you're getting damn close to getting to, to asking for it. Now, as far as a real New York staple, Giants staple, a man who would never do that, who can't root for the Eagles, yes, that's right. Eli Manning cannot root for the Eagles. Let's ask him about it. On to the next one. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Eli, I want to know, first of all, let's, let's start off with this. You're sitting there this past weekend. You're watching the games. What goes through your head when you see yourself on TV in every other commercial? Do, what do, you, do, your, do your daughters and your family, do they even, do they even notice at this point? Or they, they yeah. just they make I usually comments? Mute it. That work? I usually mute it. I like mute and, and, and try to just sort of walk away. I don't, I don't really like watch, watch, like watch seeing myself in a commercial or an ad or, or something. It's awkward. But my kids, they like it. They're usually... You know, they usually, if I'm like walk, I've already walked away before it came on. They're usually yelling, you know, Dad, we're on TV, you're on TV. So they, they see it, they like it because they get to see it for the first time. I usually don't show it to them or, or anything beforehand. So they get a kick out of it. So we're here because you're you're working with Quaker for the Super Bowl. Uh, the Quaker pre-grain contest, first of all, it's on TikTok. Yes. Have they got have they gotten you on TikTok yet? I'm sure yes. your daughters are, are big TikTokers. It's, it's what they do at that age. Yeah, well, for this campaign, you know, I shot all, a, a lot of clips on TikTok. So uh, because, yeah, my, my 11-year-old has taught me a little bit about it. She's not allowed to post, but she, you know, can kind of look at her. You see things. So I got to I got to keep up, uh, keep up with the social media world just so I know what's going on and what they're using. But uh, excited to. Uh, to partner with Quaker on this, to, uh, to to invite fans to share how they pre-grain before the big game and for a chance to go to the Super Bowl next year in person. So fans can go 
uh, onto TikTok and follow at Quaker, and they can upload their videos of how they pre-grain um, with Quaker oats, and they can do that uh, starting today until Super Bowl Sunday, February 12th, and they can uh, use the caption, hashtag Quaker pre-grain, hashtag entry. Uh, so it's a great campaign. Make some funny, creative videos with your Quaker oats, uh, how you how you pre-grain, and then uh, get a chance to go to the Super Bowl. All right, so let's let's hear your creativity. What's the Eli three grain? I'd say mine's like the most uh, un- uncreative way to to, to pre grain, and you know, <laughs> I, I do I do eat oatmeal, uh, you know, every morning for the last like twelve years at least, and so I, I'm just your your original oatmeal, and I have my 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 blueberries and raspberries or, or blackberries, uh, strawberries sometimes, just pile them all in there, and there you go. That's my breakfast. All right, so there you go. Uh, that's that's one way to do it. You get get that sugar in there from the fruit. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious. So the way your post playing career has gone, right? You're doing stuff with Quaker. You're, you're all over the as we mentioned before, the media side. You're doing stuff with us at ESPN. If I told, you know, 2010 Eli Manning, this is how your post playing career would go. What would you say? No, yeah, you know, zero, just zero no, chances. just flat out no, yeah, no, but you're crazy, <laughs> you know. What, what I'm brought, I've never, you know, broadcasting games, I'm, I'm sitting on my couch watching football, making fun of my brother, like, and they're, they're <laughs> gonna, that's a job, you can do that, like, that, there's no way. So, um, you know, this, yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't plan for this, this was not the master plan, just uh, just kind of you know, fell into things and and tried out some new. Uh, some new jobs and just try to stay busy. And, you know, one thing's kind of led to another, but it's been a lot of fun, get to work with great people, get to work with, with Peyton on a lot of projects, uh, which, uh, which, which is exciting and fun for me. How much do you have to turn down? I mean, the last time I believe we saw you in a Quaker ad, you were getting bossed around by a, about a, I'm guesstimating a 10 year old or so. Yeah, she's about uh, an so, eight-year-old. Eight she you know, okay, had to eight. up, owed up. So I, you know, I, I need, I need a little coaching. I was, I've been retired, you know, two years. I was getting a little lax. I need someone to come and kind of, you know, jump on me, get me back going. So I, I was appreciative of that. And uh, so, where's the line? Where do you draw the line of what you're willing to do? And how much crazy stuff do you get pitched? I want to know, like, what's what comes to your mind when you, you think about some of these pitches they brought to you? Um. Well, I mean, I, I think that's a good part right now about where I am you know when I was playing I would I would have turned down a lot of these things just because my my focus was on football and I didn't want people to think I was silly or or not committed or not doing enough football focus and and so I just would say well I don't I don't want to do it not not what I was doing now like I can I don't it's not a big a deal I don't have to you know I don't have anyone saying well he's not focused Uh, you know uh, it's an all season I got you know, I don't know what I should be focused on. I'm just, I'm trying to uh, do some funny content, do funny commercials and, and see. So you're saying you have no other responsibilities, I get it. Well, I got a few, I mean, I got to raise some kids. <laughs> Aside from the kids, kids yeah. but, you know, Aside from not embarrassing your kids, that's the yeah, only part, don't embarrass Yeah, I mean, that's kids. a big responsibility, but you can still be silly. I think my kids, uh, they're at good ages where I'm, I don't embarrass them yet. You know, my oldest is 11 years old. When she's 15, she's going to be like, Dad, stop doing this stuff. Like, my, <laughs> my buddies are making fun of me now. That, like, she kind of laughs at it. So uh, I'm in a good spot. 
I'm going to have to have your daughter talk to my daughter because she always tells me everything I put on social media is cringy. So uh, I don't know. You're, you're almost there. Uh, no. I promise you. I promise you. You're very close. Uh, how was that going to Philadelphia with your daughter recently? Uh, take us through that experience. You, you knew it was going to be interesting. I knew, be, I knew it was going to be interesting. My daughter really, she really wanted to go. She's, we've gone to most of the home games this year. We went to London and, and watched the Giants. So she, I mean, she's a diehard. She keeps up with it. And, and she's, you know, she said, Hey, I want to wear my Daniel Jones jersey and go to Philly and, and go to the playoff game. We watched the game in Minnesota. Like she was all jazzed up about it. She knew it wasn't. You too have reservations playing. though. What's that? At that point, do you have reservations? I, well, I was like, well, I, I did say I'd never go to Philadelphia again for a football <laughs> game. Like, I got to, you know, kind of go back on my word. But yeah, you had to do it. And, it, you know, I was, it, was so, it was such a good season going for the Giants. And it's not far away. And you could drive down for it. And so, um, yeah, so we, we go. She definitely learned a few new uh, hand signals. She learned a few new <laughs> vocabulary words. Um, you know, I, I said, whatever you hear and, and, and see in Philadelphia stays in Philadelphia. You can't bring that back to school. <laughs> we don't need you getting expelled or anything. So don't tell mom about it. Like we got to keep it, keep it tight here. Uh, be, you know, and so, uh, but we, we had, we had a good time. The game didn't go as planned, but it was, it was a great season and, and definitely wanted to be there and support and support the Giants. What do you make of the season that Daniel had, right? I mean, obviously, you have that relationship with him. You were there with him when he first came in. It took a while for them to get going, but he proved a lot of things to a lot of people this year. Yeah, I was proud proud of Daniel, the way, the way he played, um, you know, to, to you know, learn another, another offense and, and pick it up. And um, just the way he played in the fourth quarter of a number of games and and, and leading the team back to victory, which is awesome. That's what you want from your quarterback and, and to do it so quickly with the brand new offense. Um, and so for the way that, yeah, the way they were able to compete, to, to make it to the playoffs, to win a playoff game, that's awesome. Uh, so I, I hope, I hope uh, he gets rewarded for that. I hope he's the quarterback for the Giants for, for a long time. And I, I, I think he'll just continue to get better, to grow within this offense, to be in the same offense for a number of years only helps these quarterbacks. And um, if they can start adding some pieces around them, uh, it'll even make it easier and, and make them stronger. With regards to, I think this even applies probably more to Saquon because he's kind of had that role the past couple of years. What comes with the responsibility, of, and you were in this role, being the face of the franchise and how big is that? How much of a pull is, is that on, a, on an individual and a player? Well, I think you just got to understand everybody's everybody's watching you, and now you you have to be the leader. You have to set the example, and just because you get rewarded with that second contract doesn't mean you're you relax. It means you got you got to amp it up even more, and just your preparation, your work, your commitment, and you are the leader. And, and people are are listening to what you say, but they're also watching your actions and what you're doing and how you're preparing and how you handle everything. And so, um, you know, it it, it does come with a lot of responsibility. And I think uh, you, you want to make sure these, you know, the guys that, that you're rewarding can handle that. And I think, you know, th those two guys, especially some other ones that uh, can definitely handle it or great, great person, you know, great uh, people uh, and, and great players and, and will be great leaders. How unique is that for it to be a, you know, Saquon was a running back and kind of in that spot. That's, it's not the, it's not really the norm, you know, for it's usually, you know, you were, you were in that role. 
you obviously had your brother who was in that role to kind of lean on and you, you kind of knew what came with the position. But how unique is that for a running back and how much does that sort of be part of what Saquon's value is to this organization? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the more the more leaders you can have at different spots is is the better. And, and I think every player is their leader in own sense. And you just got to find out, are you like the, the top one or, or, or do you right. follow or, or, or what your role is? And I think he, you know, proud of Saquon and what he's been able to overcome and some injuries and expectations and everything going around for him to come and have this season that he had. And I think, you know, he'll continue to grow also within this offense. He's still learning it. He's still you know, coaching staff, figure out what he can do, how to get him, get the ball in his hands, and, you know, let him be explosive. Well, we'll end on you know, this topic real quick because we're obviously getting there, the Super Bowl. Uh, how, what do you even make of Patrick Mahomes? You're talking about five years as a starter. Imagine his first five, your first five years as a starter. He's made three Super Bowls. He's about to pick up his second MVP in a championship game in every single year. It's impressive. It's it's impressive to watch. It was uh, it was impressive to watch him yesterday in that game, playing on a bum ankle and and still be able to make some of the throws that he made on the on the run, on the move, movement in the pocket. Uh, he he seemed to make all those hard throws. The, the the few throws that he did miss were the ones where he was just sitting in the pocket. It was a clean pocket. He's got guys open, and that's when you sometimes think about that hurt ankle, and you kind of. You try to push off of it, and you just change things a little bit, and it makes you it makes you off. I mean, he was just reacting and being the great athlete that he is, and throwing off balance, and and uh, that's when he, you know, when he's able to make so many spectacular plays. So they they have something special with him, and everybody rallies around him, and they just believe if you keep the game close, he's gonna find a way to to pull pull out a victory. All right, so now we got the Chiefs against the Eagles. You said you weren't going to go to Philadelphia. You obviously didn't root for them. Is Does any part of you allow you to root for the Eagles, or do you just automatically have to root yeah. for the Chiefs just yeah. because? It's, it's tough. It's just, it, it, it's it's tough in the sense, um, you know, I usually kind of root for the NFC, I feel like, in most most Super Bowls <laughs> um, that we're not in, but it's just it's tough to root for the for the Eagles. There's just so much kind of hatred over the years. Not hatred, but just that rivalry that you know competing against them and the, and um, you know. So I think hard. I think Philadelphia fans understand. I don't think you're. I think they get it. I think they get it. I think they understand. And I like Jalen Hurts. I kind of root for Jalen Hurts. I like you know AJ Brown's an Ole Miss guy. I, you know they got a good squad and you appreciate them and uh, what they're doing. But just kind of pulling for the whole thing, I think would be a uh, it would be tough to do. <laughs> I get it. Totally understand. Eli Manning, he's working with Quaker, the Quaker pregame contest. For more information, fans can go to Quaker's TikTok page to upload their video and enter Quaker's pregame contest. Eli, appreciate your time. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Thank you, This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right. That's Eli Manning right there. Thanks to him. Obviously, the Giants legend. Always to get great to get his perspective on things, though, because you know he's still close to the team at this point. He still really works with the team, right? He's still close with Daniel Jones. He was there as a teammate of Daniel Jones. They still keep in touch. Still go out to lunch every once in a while or, you know, spend some time together. So they're still friendly. So he's super plugged in still there. And he's Eli Manning, two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback for the Giants. And seeing him now is actually quite a change from the closed book that he was as a player. You heard him say he was always worried about people questioning his uh, motivation or his, his commitment, really. If he did all this other stuff, now he's open to anything. Heck, he's in a children's place ad with Sean O'Hara, Justin Tuck, Brian Westbrook, and Emmanuel Sanders, where he's dressed as a, you know, bunny's outfit, an Easter bunny's outfit, right? You have to be open to everything to be willing to do that. Uh, And the fact that, and I do appreciate that he is, at least. I mean, he's, in order to produce good content, you have to try different things. And sometimes it hits. Sometimes it misses, right? So you got to go, you got to take chances. So, hey, you try the bunny outfit. You try all these crazy bits that he's doing on the Eli Manning show. It's basically a variety show. You know, the Pete Davidson bit. Uh, I don't know. There's, there's trying a lot of different things. So I give him credit for that. And I, and I appreciate that. And a lot of it does make me chuckle and smile. So uh, props to Eli Manning. Thanks for coming on here. I'll close real quick here. It's Senior Bowl week. So it actually reminds me of... Eli Manning's retirement announcement is maybe one of the biggest stories I ever reported. And I did it with joint report with Dan Graziano. And at the time, I was actually down at the Senior Bowl, right? So I remember being at the stadium and getting a phone call from someone being like, yo, I heard this. Let's, we need to confirm that this has definitely happened. And so I made a couple phone calls. And I remember calling up somebody and saying, and this is kind of, one route that you could take saying to someone, hey, if this is true, just hang up the phone. If this is not true, you know, save me for myself here and for making a mistake. And next thing I know, I heard click. I was like, okay, this is true. Eli Manning's retiring. And we made a couple other phone calls, confirmed it, got the story out. And that was a big scoop be able to announce that Eli Manning was retiring with that was what uh 2000 so Jones came in 19 so 2020 early 2020 I guess that so Joe Judge was just hired that's why I was in Mobile so I'm not down there this week at the senior ball but and I only go sometimes some years I've gone like if there's a real reason to go because it's just during the season everything it's just it's not a easy event to get down to it's hard to travel to Mobile but that year Joe Judge had just been hired we were having an opportunity to sit down and speak to him. Dave Gettleman also, he explained to us how they needed to trade for Williams because we didn't understand they needed a boost that year. God, that was such a hard conversation to stomach. But we were down there because 
Joe Judge was hiring his staff. He was sitting down with us. We got an opportunity to, to meet him, introduce ourselves, really get a little kind of one-on-one FaceTime with him for the first time. And so that was down in Alabama not long after he was just hired. And at the same time, Eli Manning was announcing his retirement. So we all had a rush back from Mobile because the retirement press conference, I believe, was the day after we got back or some people actually were going to fly back that day. So, yeah. That's my Jordan on the beat uh, story for this week. Jordan on the beat is obviously when I tell you what it's like to cover the Giants work for ESPN or cover the NFL in general. We're going to do a bunch of content coming up. Uh, we'll have something Super Bowl related, hopefully next week. Then we're really going to get into the offseason. So make sure send me your questions. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, not really Facebook. I don't really go on Facebook that often. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, email. You know how to find me. You're listening to Breaking Big Blue. I'm Jordan Ronan. See you next time.